I um, I am I'm in the middle. I hope I'm at the end. Actually, I hope it's over now. Of one of the the most difficult weeks I've had in a very long time. Really difficult um, several days. Uh, it's a lot of work stuff that uh, is incredibly unpleasant and disconcerting for me. Um, uh, and then this afternoon I got a text from someone that I had made this egregious error in something else that I did, which was like, uh, it was again one more thing. Um, and so I've had, and I'm a person who uh, stays awake at night when those things come up. And then the heat doesn't help either. I don't have a lot of AC in my house, so it was kind of uncomfortable. Um, and I just have been with this week of unpleasant, 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 unpleasant. Turn the page. Unpleasant, 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 unpleasant. And my husband is off at Burning Man, and that's, he's out of cell control, so I can't talk to him about it. You know, I can't throw up on him. Um, I have spoken to a few friends. Last night I watched a baseball game and then was trying to read a thriller. They lost the game, so that annoyed me. Um, so it's like, you're not working? My distraction wasn't working. Um, and so I said, I, and so I was trying to figure out what to talk about, and um, there's Jack Corn, no, Lion's Mind is a, uh, is a, uh, one of the two big um, Buddhist magazines, and they have an online edition, and they have emails, and they, this week, I think yesterday or Friday, they sent out an email um, with, the, their emails generally have a topic, and this topic was, uh, a mind like the sky, and we went, oh, that would be good to look at, because that really kind of helps me deal with, or helps one deal with whatever is arising, especially when it's unpleasant. It's, this has been a rough week because I have had a, has, a, a, a history of perfectionism. So when one is a perfectionist and one is shown <laughs> face-to-face how, one, how imperfect you are, it can be really painful. And the mind... The mind, when something is unpleasant and something is, is painful and something that we don't want to experience, what the mind does in its, in its uh, survival mechanism is create stories, narratives about what should have happened. Do you ever make a mistake and then you spend the next you know, days trying to figure out what you did wrong, what they did wrong, how do I, where do I put the blame, you know, trying to fix it so it doesn't, so it's not so uncomfortable right now, or it goes into planning, how are we going to fix this, how is it going to be better, how is it not going to feel so shitty, you know, how are we going to take care of this, so the mind is nowhere near the present time. But as I said earlier, this, this is a practice of being with whatever's coming up, being with the unpleasant, being with the uncomfortable. The Buddha said we turn towards that. That's what we do. And so this, I was reading the article, and a mind like the sky is, is beautiful because it talks about these 
these mechanisms for sitting with whatever is there. These, these three types of, of ways that we sit with unpleasant or pleasant experience. That is not clinging, that is not um, grasping, that's not pushing away. And some of the instruction I was giving this evening kind of pointed in that direction where we started with the body and then moved to the breath and then opened up to the sense doors and then basically opened up to everything. That's kind of what we do. We, that's, the, that's the opening up to whatever is. And um, we rest in awareness. The mind's, the mind's awareness is open. And I love the phrase, rest in awareness. And there's another phrase that I like, rest in being. You just rest in what is. An awareness of you know, the smell of smoke or just the smell, the sense. The, in fact, when we start getting into smoke, that starts, that's, that's you're starting to put a label on it. Because that can be, oh, smoke, oh, fire, oh, I wonder, oh, and then, you know, you go down that path. Is it going to come in my direction? I live in Burbank, so it's a lot, I'm, I'm fine because I'm in the flatlands, but it's all over the hills, and, and um, you can see the flames, and um, so there's, there's all these stories, and are my friends okay, and blah, 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 Hi, oh, those poor firefighters, it's, it's 120 degrees out there, and so all these stories, instead of just coming back to the sensation, so when it's unpleasant, we create, I mean, even if it's something as simple as a smell, we create stories around it. But when it's a big deal in our mind, when it's a big deal, and some things have more impact in our lives, obviously, than others, the tendency is to push it away, not feel, not feel, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And the Buddha's invitation is to don't try and fix it. Be with it. Because generally, we're not with those experiences. We do try to fix it. We try to mitigate it in any way, shape we can. And so much of it is un we're unaware of. We're just conditioned to, to do that. So this practice, this, this turning towards and opening up and creating spaciousness helps us be with it. And the first, um, this, it, it talk, Jack talks about three different ways that we are with um, awareness. And the first one is... Um, where when we're fully absorbed, it's like Lulu was asking about concentration practice, it's when we're fully absorbed with the breath, when we really bring our mind to experiencing breath awareness. Breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out. Or body, we feel ourselves sitting, you know, we feel the, um, the throbbing, or the tingling. When you, I don't know if you've ever taken the time to really sit with your physical experience without thought and really bring attention to it. There's all these things going on in the body that you're not, we're not normally aware of. Throbbing, tingling, um, pulsations, all types of things, movement, twitches that come and go, come and go, come and go. And so we rest in that present, the awareness of right here, right now, the body, the breath. And as I was mentioning, when, we, when we're fully absorbed in that, it kind of drops to the background and we can open up our awareness to whatever the experience is. 
you know, the pleasant experience. Oh, yay, it's pleasant. Unpleasant. Okay, what is it? We, we have this foundation of the breath and the body, and then we can open up and hold what's arising. Hold whatever's there. The stories are powerful, and they take us away, but when we really bring our intention, our intention, attention, when we cultivate wise attention, we can, we can turn towards the sadness, the discomfort. It's not our typical way. I think last night it occurred to me that I, I understand why people drink bottles of vodka. <laughs> or two. Or things like that. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Numbing. You know, that's the way we distract ourselves. We numb ourselves. I was, you know, and I, what I was doing, I have to say, I, I, I luckily or grateful that I've been practicing for a while so that when I was doing these senses, these ways to distract myself, it wasn't intentionally, and, and that is actually skillful means sometimes, when we're so overwhelmed with emotional experiences that we can get knocked over, it's sometimes skillful means to, to take ourselves to another direction. We make the effort to sit with what is, and then when we get to a point, it's like, okay, I've gone as far as I can go with this, let me do something else. But um, you know, these, these, um, I forgot where I was. I made another mistake. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, so we come, we, 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 we are, um, solid in our foundation, our breath and body awareness and then we open up to allow whatever else is. That's what I was saying. It's we, our, our lifetime has been spent going in the other direction, pushing away, clinging to the good stuff, and pushing away the difficult stuff. And this asks us to turn towards, to be with. Not necessarily that um, the easy. We bring attention to the breath. We totally experience, or to the sadness, or to the grief, or the fear, the angry, anger, and we totally experience it. What does it feel like in our body? Where does that anger show up? This, this, I can't, I don't even have this discontent. I don't know, even have a label for what I've been experiencing. It's kind of right in my gut. It's solid, and it's there, and it's unpleasant. Potato chips don't make it go away. <laughs> it's there. I had oatmeal this morning. That didn't make it go away. And but it's there. And and so where I've been is kind of moving into this next phase of this um, big picture, which is what Jack calls um, gracious witness. That we've been willing to turn towards. And I've turned towards, and I've turned towards it in, a, um, in an intense way of being with that sensation of what it's like. And then 
taking a step back, so to speak, and opening up our awareness even more so that it's just, we just have it there, but it's not like the focus of our attention, it's there. And you can, you can be with it on, on the cushion going, it's there, as are other experiences that arise and pass. This is kind of how you walk, you walk around. Um, this is how you get through life. This practice, it's not just about sitting on the cushion and doing this, it's about being able to do this as we walk around. So I'm able to get up and go to the farmer's market or do some other work that needs to be done, all the while this experience is there, watching the mind try and fix it and coming back to, okay, right now it's like this. Right now it's like this. One day it won't be here because I believe in impermanence. It's been, I've experienced it throughout my life and I know this will pass, this will change, this will shift. Can I just be with the discomfort and go about my business? And as we, as we exist, breath to breath, moment to moment, enjoy the joy that may arise. Because when we're in these moments, what happens when we're not aware, we tend to shut out everything that's not that thing. We, we just dismiss life that's actually happening around us, that we're experiencing, because we are here. This is the way this is the way it is right now. And nothing else will get in. But when we have this awareness and this, this spaciousness and we let go, because what we're doing is we're learning to let go. When we can let go of that idea, that story, that rigid, this is the discomfort that must be born right now. When we let go of that idea and go, it's here. And look, that's a funny joke. This after I'm um, I'm going to uh, after this class I'm going up to Griffith Park. They have movies in the park every once in a while, and so a couple of girlfriends and I are going to that ever popular chick flick, Goodfellas. <laughs> and I know Goodfellas is going to distract me. <laughs> so I love that movie, and I'm going with. And we were texting this morning with each other, and uh, we we're joking and laughing, and I'm like. I can. I don't have to postpone laughter because this thing is happening. Where sometimes, when we're so focused on it, we we don't see what's happening. We push away. No, that can't. I can't have that. So what we're doing is we're pushing away our present time experience and hanging on to some discomfort. We're hanging on to an idea of what we think we're supposed to feel like. But when we, when we let go and step back a little bit and have this gracious witness, we're witness to this discomfort or whatever it is that's there. I keep saying discomfort because that's what my experience is right now, unpleasant. It can also be pleasant. We can have a sense of there being a pleasant experience, yet having discomfort arise too, having uncomfortable or unpleasant experiences arise too. We are totally in the present time. We are in the present time, not saying no to whatever arises. Right? I, I, I think I said, nothing doesn't belong. All our experiences that belong. We make space for everything, whatever it is. 
right now it's like this. I, I've said that a lot. I do say that a lot. It can't be different from the way it is. Can we be with it and embrace it fully? Recognizing that it can change in a half a breath. As I mentioned earlier, the, the Zen mind, beginner's mind, and the question, what is this? What is this? We continually ask ourselves, what is this? What is this? What is this moment birthing? What is this moment birthing? The experience is there, but we don't get lost in it. And then the last one that he talks about is um, open and spacious. And that's that big sky where there are no boundaries. You know, it's vast spaciousness. You know, we're just we're just present. And you know, and I was I was sitting as I was reflecting on this. I was I was trying to. Um, I think I've had these experiences, this 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 resting in, in pure spaciousness, but they're not. It's not my normal way of walking around. And these in these moments have been um, almost. I can pinpoint times when it's been there. It's been like when I'm. There's no. There's no conscious thought. There's no thinking. It's just an experience of the moment. An experience of what's happening. It reminds me of the story of the Buddha when he was when he was. Uh, I think it was when he right at, at, as he was sitting down to to meditate and and was determined to wake up. He had this memory of when he was a child. He was a I think he was like um, twelve or thirteen, and he was he was sitting watching his father. Uh, there was some there was some. Um, festival happening and he was just sitting off to the side watching this this procession festival happen and he was just in had an open spacious awareness of the experience of the festival of the of the walking by of the carts and the oxen and the people without thinking about it just a total in it so it's this different type of consciousness I've had that experience watching, um, watching my cats play. Just absolutely in the moment. And I remember being all caught up with planning mine, and then I saw them and I was able to sit and just be. Just absolutely be in that planning mind, that loss, that being lost in the future was gone. So that can happen spontaneously, but I think as we make an effort to practice this wise attention, you, you're, you're like building a foundation to make that happen more. You're, you're building a foundation for that to spring forth more easily because you're less likely to get caught up in the thinking because you've been practicing staying present. You're inclining the mind. As, as we incline our minds, so we walk. Our actions, what is, I love this one um, uh, saying, as, um, I'm just going to paraphrase it because I can't remember it. The, our action, our mind leads to our actions, 
leads to our habits, leads to our character, leads to our destiny. So if we incline our mind to, to live in a way that's wise, live in a way that's not caught up in, in needing things to be a certain way, needing to have all the prizes, needing to always be perfect, but being able to shed that, that perfectionism and just be vulnerable and be true to ourselves to be, be messy, because humanity is messy. The Buddha said it, there's, there's, happy, there's sadness, there's death, there's grief. It's part of being human. And our denial of that causes more suffering. When we can turn towards it with this wise attention and this wise awareness, we don't suffer from it. And I hope through this awful week, I have less suffering around it. There's the pain of it. And I do get caught up in the suffering of it, but then I recognize and I try and let it go. Because I can get into the, oh, woe is me kind of thing. But it's like, remembering that everything, I think you said it, you said time is a construct, but everything is a construct. We fabricate, everything is a fabrication. We've made up everything. I've been listening to this book called Sapiens. I don't know if some of you have heard of that. It, it came out about six, seven years ago. And somebody mentioned it, in the, and it's the history of humanity. And, to, and um, he's talking about, uh, you know, the cognitive revolution, which happened in, which is just as important as the industrial revolution and the agricultural revolution. I used to be an archaeologist, so I'm geeking out on this book. So it's like history. It's old shit. Um, but talking about the mind, uh, you know, other animals don't have the cognitive mind that we do. Humans are the only ones who make shit up. We're the only ones that make up stories and make up agreed to mythologies like a corporation exists. That's a mythology. We've made that story up. Because if you look around, not everybody has the same story. Everything's a fabrication. So if we can hold that loosely and recognize that, that even our own personal story of our life and what it's supposed to look like and what it needs to look like is a fabrication. We bring this wise attention and a spacious awareness and begin to let go. That's where freedom is. It's all about letting go. This is all about letting go and being in the present. I mean, we, we obviously have a need for shared understanding in order to make our world um, function. Like, red light means stop. Yellow light does not mean speed up, you know? <laughs> so we have these shared understandings so that we can function in, in, a, in a society. But recognize that they're all constructs. And we have to investigate those constructs that cause harm. Because I really love the, you know, even, even the, eight, the Four Noble Truths in the Eightfold Path is a construct. I found myself, as I was listening to this book, building up an argument for the things I liked 
agreeing, yeah, 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 to all the stuff I didn't like, yeah, that's all constructs, but this, this actually, and it's like, no, it's all constructs, but some resonate more um, closely for me, and some have, like the Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths and the teaching of the Buddha, have alleviated my suffering and have enabled me to live in this world uh, with some ease. And hopefully, um, and from what I understand, it's, it's, it's done that for quite a number of people around the world. Um, so we just, you know, as, as, as I wrote this down, the more you trust this wise attention, wise awareness, the more your trust and awareness will grow. And it's all about letting go. We trust the way it is. In our teachings, there's the three refuges where we take refuge in the Buddha and the Dharma and the Sangha. I mentioned Sangha is community, and I mentioned that earlier, where we want to connect with other people and form community with others who are practicing this. And we take refuge in the Buddha, and by taking refuge in the Buddha, we take refuge in the idea that this was a guy. He wasn't a deity. He wasn't anything special. He was... um, he was a person who lived in India 2,600 years ago. He had a bad back. Um, and he was able to achieve a, a modicum of freedom from his mind. Liberation from his mind. So we take refuge in the, the Buddha and then taking refuge in the Dharma. Taking refuge in the way things are. When we learn to sit with the discomfort, with the anger, with the sadness, with the joy, with the happiness, when we learn to sit with those things, we're taking refuge in the way it is, letting go of a preference for what we want it to be. I mean, we would, I'm sure, like it to be pleasant all the time, but when it's not, can we be okay with that? Can you be okay with it being uncomfortable and unpleasant and there being sadness? That's taking refuge in the Dharma. Right now it's like this. Keep coming back to that. It's a powerful, it's a powerful phrase, but it's, it's like this. It's not, you know, we, we, there's reality and then there's our reality. And can we, can we bring them together? One other thing um, I wanted to say about skillful means, I was thinking about it last night when I was sitting. It was really uncomfortable and I wasn't sleeping and it was like saying 10 to 3. I think I would doze and wake up and doze and wake up. And one, of the, and I kept sitting with this discomfort. I kept sitting with this ugh in my gut, and sitting with this ugh in my gut, just trying to feel into it and be with it and let go of the story. And then I said, "Oh, you know what? What's really wise right now? What's really wise right now is some compassion practice, some kindness, compassion. You know, may I be at ease." May I feel safe. May I feel loved. 
that is wise and skillful means. When it's uncomfortable, we, we do some loving kindness and compassion practice. It's really important, you know, because we can, we can get caught up in the gritting it out, you know, power through this. But this is a, this is a practice of balance, of, of not being knocked over, but being in balance. And it's about cultivating a wise heart, not just cultivating wisdom, and not just cultivating the heart, but cultivating a, a, a wise heart that works in unison. So if there's, I, there was suffering. I was experiencing suffering. So compassion is the appropriate response to that, to soften, to breathe. I was doing some, there's a, there's a meditation called deep um, soft belly meditation. Some of you in this room have done this year to live practice. And that's where you spend a year living as though it were your last year. It's quite a powerful practice. And one of the first things he talks about, Stephen Lavine, who wrote the book, he talks about soft belly meditation. Because we carry so much in our gut. It's, it's amazing. Um, the body, the body carries, the body experiences everything and remembers just about all of it. And all of our experiences are contained in our body. So soft belly meditation is breathing deeply into the belly and letting go. Being willing to soften. We're willing to soften. Because that's how you turn towards these unpleasant experiences. We soften. When we're hardened against them, there's no getting in. There's no getting out. It's just bouncing against the brick wall. When we begin to soften, we begin to um, let go of those hard edges and make some room, make some spaciousness for whatever's there. It's been quite powerful in my life. It's been quite liberating. And um, it seems so counterintuitive to turn towards our pain. It's like, no, 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 how do we fix it? In fact, that's, you know, a, there's a, a, there's something called a, a, a spiritual bypass even. A, there's our, our conditioning to push the pain away, chase the pleasant. But then even when you get into practice, there's this thing called a spiritual bypass where you go, oh, yeah, 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 I got that pain. I'm just going to sit for four hours. And then I'll be okay. I got this, I got this, I got this. So this is this bypassing, recognizing there's pain there and then doing a whole bunch of stuff to make it go away. Throw some loving kindness at it. Fix it. Because we have this fix it mentality, this fix it culture. It's not what this is. This is saying, oh man, this is painful. And I'm going to be compassionate and kind towards it. I'm going to soften to it. It's being with it, going through it, not around it. There is no around. There's only through. I mean, there is an around, but you don't get anywhere. You just go to the other side of this thing. But when we soften and breathe and bring a wise attention, a wise awareness to whatever our experience is, 
that's when we begin to experience freedom. I have a tremendous amount of freedom with this shitty week I've been experiencing. I mean, I'm laughing about it, right? So, it's like tears of a cloud. That's an old song. Anyway, um, so it's, it's painful, but in this moment, I'm actually quite fine. And we have to learn to be in the moment. In the present time, where what what's it like right now? Right now, it's like this. Right now, it's like this. Holding it with spacious awareness. It's still there, but it's not calling for my attention. I can just be with it and go about my business with some freedom and some ease. So, these are my thoughts on on. Um, kind of wise awareness and holding the mind like a sky means you just open up what is it um we the buddha said we develop a mind that is vast like space where experiences both pleasant and unpleasant can appear and disappear without conflict struggle or harm we rest in a mind that is like a vast sky the mind is not constricted it's not caught up in our fabrications it's open and spacious and has room for everything, pleasant and unpleasant. And these things appear and disappear without conflict, struggle, or harm. We rest in this broad, open sky. So those are my thoughts on this broad, open sky. I'd love to hear thoughts, comments, 